Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, everybody, again in our big echoey room. Welcome to the Vice Gaming Podcast. I'm Mike Diver, UK editor of everything Vice Gaming. I'm joined today by a returning guest, Steve Burns. Please say hello, Steve Burns. Hello. Fantastic. And for the first time, by uh, Vice staff writer Joel Golby. Hello, Joel. Hey, it's me. That's totally you. We sit opposite each other. In we the office, do. Don't we? Yeah. I try and avoid eye contact. As much as possible. Um, but I know you like video games, which is why you're here as well. I admit to that. You have admitted to that. <laughs> um, what, what have you been liking of late that, that isn't Rocket League? Or is it just exclusively Honestly, just that. Because I got off... I don't have as much time to nerd out over games like you. I've Why got, do people think we have a game and have time to do this? We have the least time. Nah, that's a lie. So I got off the back of playing Metal Gear Solid and then I was like, I'm never going near a big game again. I've been <laughs> playing a little bit of Witness, but mainly just Rocket League. So Witness is all lines? And, yeah, uh, but there's, there's something going on in the Witness and I don't know what yet and I I don't know if it's actually ever going to turn into a storyline that will make me happy. Yeah. Have you reached the DJ Khaled bit yet? No. Oh, okay. That's an Easter egg you've got to look out for. What? Yeah, man. You can unlock DJ Khaled in there. It gives you a motivational video. That or at least that's what YouTube tells me. That feels important. Yeah. <laughs> I think you might have to just... You know, I'm not sure that's actually in the final we, we game. Need, we need to hurry this up so I can go home and do Well, that. there you go. At least look it up. Steve Burns, what have you been playing lately? <sighs> Hitman. Again. <laughs> But they keep adding stuff. Yeah, they do. But, which, is, uh, which is nice if you spent 50 or 60 quid for a season pass. Oh, no, well, I didn't. So, but I imagine if you did. I mean, yeah. If, you, if, if you're the kind of person who buys video games. Exactly. Which I mean, is absurd. Which is the great crime of all video games writers. They don't pay for any of their games. Yeah, which so, ultimately makes you us... Know, they're like Damon Dash and Sneakers. They're like, <laughs> whatever. Go We're on. more like the ODB of Sneakers, aren't we? We're just like... We can afford them, but we just crash in and steal them anyway. <laughs> you know, like, oh. fuck it. I mean, we, we, could, we could buy these Pick games. Pick your own but, reference. Isn't it? But yeah, um, well, that's good. Um, I, I ran, we ran, the Vice Gaming ran a kind of roundup of what we were playing in July uh, just the other day. And so I've been playing things like, uh, I've been uh, getting into Hyperlight Drifter a little bit. I've been getting a little bit into a drift, uh, into Headlander, which is a really good new double fine adult swim game. But mostly Persona 4, because I still think it's like 2008 or whenever that game came out. <laughs> um, but it's quite good. Um, I wanted to talk, first of all, about kicking simulators, because it's the start of the football season. 
and um, it seemed like a prime time, what with demos imminent for FIFA and PES. Mm -hmm. And of course, they're both coming out in September. I want to say both in September. Mm -hmm. FIFA might be October, but football games are quite a big thing. FIFA is one of the biggest selling franchises, if we want to call it that, series in the world. PES slightly less so, but, but when it comes to football games, Joel, what was the first football game that like you got into? Because I'm imagining, well, I know that you're someone who enjoys it, huh? football game yeah I lose a lot of time to football games the first first one I think was probably FIFA 97 on the Game Boy which is one of those weird ones where you could only like a Game Boy Advance no that was straight up Game Boy Boy. it was a piece of shit it had Jill on the front and you could only sort of run in diagonals and I played that game a lot and I think I scored maybe one goal (laughs) in all that time it was one it was one of those weird games where it's essentially unplayable in yeah. every possible way. On a screen like that, I can't imagine. Yeah, ti- tiny screen, diagonal running, and you're just sort of making all these sort of pixelated slide tackles on nothing, and it was shit. <laughs> and then I got really into a really obscure, because my mum did that thing where I went, oh, mum, can I have a PlayStation? And she went, of course, at Christmas. And then I got a Sega Saturn, which wasn't the same, and everyone knows that apart from mums. And um, it came with like a Sega World Soccer or something like that. Yeah, there was a, so, I can't which I think called. I think might have been like a spiritual sort of uh, predecessor to ISS Pro, which became Pro Evo. But it was it was kind of shit. But I did figure out a trick once where um, you could score from the halfway line with the first touch. And I won like 32 nil. And then I'm like, <laughs> I have just beaten this game inside out. I can't get any joy out so of it. Exactly. Once you've tricked the system, yeah. then it doesn't become fun anymore, right? No. It's like scoring with a perfect diagonal in, like, say, any kind of old school game. Steve, what about yourself? What, what, what football game? Because I'm, I'm going to assume it was something 16-bit. No, it's something really shy on the um, Commodore, maybe. And I don't remember the name of it. 64? Yeah, I honestly, it just exists in my mind. It's probably a false no, memory. I, I, I probably just looked at a screenshot of it. I played one on C64 that might have been called Match Day or something. By it Kevin, was, whatever his name is. And it was is. like side on. Yeah. And they just went boop, boop. Yeah, boop. it's probably, that's probably it was the same pretty one. Pretty fucking yeah. shite. But thanks to being a child at that point, uh, I, uh, my imagination did most of the work, which was great. Yeah. And so, yeah, which is one of the main problems with new FIFA. In that <laughs> it shows no imagination. New FIFA's like full kit wanker the game, isn't it? It's like everything has to be like watching it on TV, but not playing football. It's right. about like Martin Tyler going, and oh, next week we'll be looking at, like, I don't give a fuck about that, Martin Tyler. Like, just show, just get off the screen so I can get back to fucking my dream team. It's just, uh, mm. who knows what's in it? I don't know, I've not seen yeah, it. Yeah, that's what I really like about FIFA, is it's just, <laughs> just like watching. It's like, it's gone through, it had, it had a little moment, there was a little sort of, in, in the middle of the last decade, there was a, a wrestle from Pro Evo to FIFA, like year on year as to who'd be the good game. And like, there was a little run of about three years where FIFA was like, we'll be the good one now. And then they've just gone through and it's like this weird soulless experience. But I'm really into it. <laughs> and I lost, I lost a lot of one summer to FIFA Ultimate Team, which isn't even a real card game. 
is <laughs> quite quite a bad online experience. Don't you end up having to pay for that though, or do you? I to... never never no. quite did, but I I came close. I came close to being like, you know, I'm getting a lot of enjoyment out of this, so maybe mm. I should just deck forty quid on like cards that don't exist. <laughs> It got really weird. But you could have a whole other career as a YouTuber just opening them, right? I've seen those people. They they have a lot of joy and a lot of energy, and I don't think me, like, sad and alone in quite a gloomy room, (laughs) just sat on a shit sofa with, like, a throw over it. Yeah, exactly, and just going like, oh, no, this was a shit waste of I've got eight drink quarters. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Can you do that, though, in Ultimate Team? Can you play swapsies with people? I have no idea. There is a if is a if you really want to crack open this this chest within me, then I can talk to you at length about it. But essentially, there is a strictly strictly regulated market, which only became regulated about a year and a half ago, mm-hmm. as I remember. And before then, it was outlaws. You could charge whatever you wanted for a card, which made your Ronaldo's and your Messi's, you know. 31 million of whatever the currency is in mm. the game and you could buy like Dwight Gale for 500 <laughs> and like that was the difference so you'd get all these players with you know I had a team built around Dwight Gale he was a really good performer for me but then you'd just get mauled by some like 12 year old who plays it every single day <laughs> yeah. and just like farms these weird coins and just somehow has Ronaldo and Messi yeah. but it was this weird sort of lawless trading system and then EA came in and as they are prone to do sucked the soul out of it entirely in one fell swoop <laughs> by just like instigating these sort of bands these price bands that is there not a black market fee for you can still play I imagine or does that, someone need to do that I imagine there's probably a black market for on actual ePay, I think there's a way around it where yeah. if you pay actual money for it and then some guy sells you a card for a specific amount and stuff like that. We did have an article on Vice, I should say, plugging it, that, we, that, that looked into... Vice.com. Uh, Vice Gaming on Vice.com. That looked into the kind of the dodgy dealings. And a lot of people were like, didn't want to say anything. Didn't want yeah. to, like, you know... It's proper deep throat, yeah. it's, it's, it's like, you know, dark web of FIFA kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, you don't want to know how I got Miss Kieran Gibbs. <laughs> <laughs> no one ever wanted to know yeah. how they ended up with Kieran Gibbs. Um, but, like, I mean, you talk about Ultimate Team. I don't play games like that, but I did used to make, you know, stupid teams of my own in Sensible Soccer, and I would always make the school team, or I'd make, like, the team I was playing for at the time uh, in the game so we could play against, you know... Like in the custom team menus, you'd be playing against like delicatessen and like you know pencil case or I, I, I can't remember what they were, you know, things you find uh, in your pockets or whatever they're called or Norwich Eleven because the developers essentially were Norwich fans so they had a Norwich Eleven under the custom teams which were just ridiculous things like you know spice rack and you know things that begin with A. See that's quite interesting because when I was given like access to any sort of editing thing in that first Sega game that I lost a lot of time to yours are quite an ambitious weird little oh they, they were pre-built in. oh those they were, were pre-built, pre-built in. yeah I would just I, I built like the maddest weird like nine-year-old's fantasy team that you've ever seen with real players yeah with, so with yourself in it no what I did is I took the West Ham pre-loaded team and then carefully changed the name of every single player on it 
but their stats didn't change and their appearance didn't change. So I had Julian Dix as Roberto Carlos skunking <laughs> up and down the wing. I had like Zola up front with Ronaldo on the bench. But for some reason, I remember I kept John Hartson. I, just, I was just like, well, he's world class. What are you going to do? <laughs> for a little while in those Saturn years, John Hartson was a, was a prospect. He, he had a, a foot. <laughs> He did, well, he used it against Arl Berkovic in a very uh, satisfying training ground manner. You had a Saturn, didn't you, Steve? No, the only person I know who had a Saturn got it by accident (laughs) when their mum ordered a kettle from a Littlewoods catalogue and they sent a Saturn instead. instead. Amazingly, they didn't send it back, which would have been the perfect ending for any Saturn. I would rather have the fourteen ninety nine kettle. I don't want it. Yeah, but Um, no, I never had one. I still find them to be quite. almost exotic, even though they're not rare, in that I'm fascinated by them that Sega made this disaster for what the world was going to be, 3D graphics, but for 2D games it was amazing, mm. which is what fucking dreadful pub bores say about it. But yeah, I think every, every year or so there's a great uh, shop over the road from my office which sells all that kind of second-hand stuff that GameStation used to do before they got fucking bought. And you're like, oh, I'm gonna buy, I'm gonna buy a Saturn and a, and a Ram car, and you're like, fuck what off, would you do mate. with it though? Yeah, I'd look at it and then be yeah. like, oh, where's that gonna go? You'd now? Play I'd play full frame soccer. versions of X Men versus Street Fighter for a minute and then wish I just emulated it, yeah. like any real person does these days. <laughs> well, not really on the topic of emulation, but I've, I've, you know, older games have been revived on on modern consoles. We've seen kickoff come back disastrously <laughs> um kickoff 2 was one of the first football games i played kind of pre-sensi era it was that and Microprose soccer on the on the amiga and i always loved the speed of it but it was a total like you know two-legged dog to control it was all over the all over the shop so when kickoff was coming back i was like skeptical but i thought like, i mean come on you've got however many years between you know 1989 and now you're going to have learned how to make a good mm. game. But it was fucking, pardon my language, we're swearing a lot on this one. Terribly sorry. Um, but it was like DOA, wasn't it? I mean, it was a it's complete really waste of time. I had uh, someone call me in to the games room to just show off how bad it was. It's like the Hindenburg on 32 times fast forward. It's just, how does anyone, how do you play it? Like, I found Sensible Soccer to be unplayable as well, even when I was a kid. Just couldn't get my head just, around just the dribbling. Uh, you know... Although so I did a Pez video the other day and someone was like, the ball sticks to their foot, terrible. And I was like, there they are. There's the sensible guys. There's the guy. It's John Hare going, what's this bollocks? It wasn't. It wasn't actually Just to John clarify, Hare, it was yeah. not. Get your legal team on yeah. that one. John Hare, who's, who's making another, another um, sensible soccer effectively in sociable soccer, which I have mm-hmm. played. So, sorry, it's just good. to clarify, when, when you say making another sensible soccer, is he making like another shit old game? He's making a game... <laughs> Why does he make a real game? <laughs> make a real game. A spiritual successor to the Sensi games, I suppose. So, like, but it's yeah. playable in VR. <laughs> I've played it in VR. So, is it good? Like, no, no, it's good. I enjoyed it, but the thing is, but like, is it actually good? <laughs> or is it good like when you drink real ale and you go like, that's careful, good? Stay nice, stay nice, Joel. It's no lager. We, um, but... it's like, no, it. I enjoyed it. Right, it's one of these things. I like, like, kickoff came back. Kickoff wasn't very good. Social Shocker is shaping up to be a lot better. It's, it's straight in, one button, does kind of everything, you know, kind yeah. of that old school. But it plays well and it plays fast already. Um, well, you're point? never going to get 
long sessions in it, like you do with FIFA, like you do with Pez, where you sit there and you play and like five hours have gone by. But like with mates and stuff, it's, it's going to be pretty good, I think. The VR mode is weird though, because it switches vertical play to horizontal, and then you're like the god looming over it. And so you can move your head around and look around the pitch as you're playing. It's, oh, it's think, a funny one. I think just get FIFA. Well, this is, well, I'm glad you said maybe just get, just, just get FIFA because uh, I wanted to. I, I get the feeling you're going to buy FIFA this year, whereas yeah. you're probably going Pez, Steve. Mm. And does one think the other one is silly for doing that, or does it just beyond? Is it reached the point now where if you're, if you're, even though Pez did come back strong, and I think last year it was a much, much better game. By this point, if you're just right into FIFA, you're not going to leave FIFA, are you? No, I think it's got everything that that people really, really want out of football. As in, you know, so it's got all the clubs, you don't have to fuck around in the edit mode, changing Man Blue to Man City or, or any of that. And the presentation in Pez is appalling still. Uh, they've made some really great strides, but the commentary is just... In one, of the, in one of the preview builds of an old Pez, they said uh, Benzema's name wrong. Well, they said it twice in two different ways, so one of them was wrong. And I was like, oh my... Like, and it's just that sort of thing. And Benzema... Benzema, <laughs> just I think I think that Pez is a lot better to play, and I really don't like the over-the-top Sky Sports nature of FIFA. Mm. But it's slicker in a in a lot of ways. It's more accessible, and it has Ultimate Team. I think if it didn't have Ultimate Team, then it'd be a completely different discussion. Yeah, because you said Joel, contest, yeah. I, I I met the the guy who dreamt up Ultimate Team, so a guy who knew what card games were. And he, I saw him at Gamescom one year, and he looked like the happiest man in the world. Considering he's probably making millions and millions in revenue for his company, you could tell he was just mm. like, yeah, I'm the man now. And basically, that is, for me, I think, the, the focus of a lot of the, the FIFA product, because that's where the money yeah. is coming. Yeah. It keeps people online, and it keeps people pushing money into something they've already spent yeah. 40 So could, could there be like a model of FIFA, then, in not so many years that is kind of free to play that you pay your way through it like you could have the premium yeah. box version that gives you all the leagues or if you just want ultimate team why not make that free effectively but like you pay a little like subscription service or something or they like... kind of have some so on mobile sorry I sound like them now I, I attended a FIFA presentation when it was like uh, okay so we never want you to not be looking at a screen with FIFA on it it's like one of those classic very corporate things over in Guildford they're like, so when you're traveling, you'll be able to check your ultimate team stuff. And then at your PC, you'll be able to check. And any screen that you're looking at on a daily basis should have some of this on it. It's like proper Robocop, like dystopian. <laughs> Dick Jones is going to come out in a minute. I was like, this is a bit weird. I just want to kick a ball around. I don't want the yeah. upsell constantly. But conversely, that sounds wicked. <laughs> so it's, it's different, isn't it? It's hard to get that balance right because I really want to buy and trade cards that don't exist on my phone on the bus. But then again, mind control. It's a tricky balance. But what FIFA have done this year, they've, they've got FIFA Ultimate Team right. They know that's a killer app and now they're branching out into something very weird looking with the, this new storyline. The story, yeah, which is what NBA games have done mm. previously. Yeah. That doesn't appeal to you as the FIFA fan. Mm. I, no, I don't think it does, but I say that, but I always get dragged into, I think FIFA games get you, they pull you in by making you a little bit invested in something that doesn't exist. So like, you know, 
every year I'll start a new save with Arsenal and buy the transfers I'd like to see them do in real life. And then I get really invested on three seasons in and I've won three consecutive leagues. And I'm, and I'm bringing through this amazing pacey winger who's 20, he's going to change the world. <laughs> like when you're doing that, then you're like, when people go like, oh, do you want to go to the pub? You go like, no, I can't. I absolutely cannot. <laughs> and that's, um, I think that's what story, this storyline thing is basically aiming to do. Because when I start a new game of FIFA, I'm like, anything that makes it harder and a longer process for me to actually just kick a bloody ball frustrates the hell out of me. And what you were saying about Pez being quite clunky to actually get through, I find the FIFA menus just so fucking endless mm. like even when it's quite a slick boot up and everything it's all you know very flash it still takes ages and ages to actually get to the point where you're kicking a ball mm. yeah. and this is how you're going to make that longer but I also know that I'm going to lose about 100 hours to <laughs> no football game needs cutscenes does it That's no, the thing. no it absolutely does not you do not need a cutscene cut um, I've, I've written down here as well just because I know you both like the real life kicking who will win the Premier League anyway, just in case anyone's betting off the back of what two people in this room think. Yeah, that, that <laughs> I mean, I'm a Stamson fan, so I have no opinion, but you're Arsenal, right? Yeah. And you're Man United, so, you know, both in with a fighting chance. I mean, you've just spent all the money, which has been totally out, proven to work in the uh, past. It's turned out to not be as much money, in fact, as, the, uh, as everyone had thought. It's funny how that really occurs, uh, What, the, uh, the uh, Pogba? Yeah, it's like 89 yeah. million or something. But, I mean, let's let's not couch it in any sort of reality. Yeah. Like eighty nine million is still fucking ridiculous. But I don't know. I think every, I think there's like six or seven teams now. I mean, Leicester. This is classic football pub chat again. Going to you know squeeze a thigh. You know the person sitting next to me. Go. Anyone's in with a chance now. But I don't know. I can't really see past the but usual yeah, suspects. No, no, not everyone's in with like Leicester are not going to win the league. That's my hot bet. I, I think, think that's a safe bet. Yeah. I think United, um, all they've done is drafted in winners and they look like that kind of scary, intimidating big team again. And they've got Mourinho, which means they're never going to concede a goal. And I just <laughs> think we've... I don't, I don't know if Guardiola and City will be an instant bond. I think Liverpool might do better than expected. Mm. But I think United will pretty much take it. Well, there you go. Who knows? Um, football games then, um, I guess, it pays your money, takes your choice. Exactly. I would say if you like the purer version of what I see on the TV in terms of the way the game is played, it's probably Pez. But in terms of the TV, in terms of how it's presented, it's probably FIFA, yeah? It's a good summarisation, That's so, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Um, no Man's Sky, I don't know if you want to stick around, Joel. You're more than welcome to. I'll probably not. Okay, well, that's quite all right. We're going to move on. Not, I'm not even going to edit this bit out. I'm going to leave it in there. All right. Um, I can't help it. It's enough video game chat. That's enough chat for Joel. Oh, we, we dropped that microphone. I'm now in two channels. This is very exciting. Joel's um, off to play Armour team. <laughs> See you later, Joel. Bye. Shut the door. I know it's big, but so are you. Bye now. Yeah, right, cracking. Uh, no Man's Sky, Steve. By the time this podcast goes out, yep. like people will be playing it. Well, they're already playing it. <laughs> they're already playing it. Um, but I know that you only just got it, Internet yep. Video Gamer, and um, I only just got it here at Vice. Um, you've played two minutes of it. 
what were those two minutes like? Literally about two minutes of it. It's, uh, it didn't start the way that I thought it would start for a game which has the promise of 18 quintillion or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lots of planets. Worlds. You start in a very kind of mundane way, fixing a ship. So, which I suppose is a tutorial. And just, this is how you craft, this is how you get the items needed to, all that sort of stuff. Uh, at the moment, it just seems to be a bit de- Destiny meets Minecraft. Uh, so That's two of the biggest not, games Not in ever. terms of the shooting, for yeah. example, but the, the kind of world building stuff, the menus, some of the general aesthetic. The menus looked a lot like Destiny when I saw it. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, when you, and you go out and it is, it's cool mm. in terms of everyone gets a different planet to begin on. And I had one that was, you know, it was nice, kind of kind of neutral as it goes in New Man's Sky yeah. in, the, in the color sky and general aesthetic, 33 degrees. Whereas Jim had one that was raining um, and just looked like Scotland and it was four degrees. <laughs> so he wasn't very impressed by that. You don't want to spawn in Scotland. No, so. absolutely. In, in, any way, that, yeah. <laughs> in any way, shape or form. Sorry, Scotland. Um, but I mean, do you, I mean, so I mean, it's hard. Everyone's going to have a different first impression. I know that the, the, the message coming out of Sony, or certainly the message to me, and, and I've spoken to Sean Murray as well, mm-hmm. um, but again, by the time you hear this, there'll be a piece, um, uh, an interview with Sean on the website. They're all very aware that it's going to rub some people up the wrong way, yeah. that people are not going to get the game that they thought they were going to get. Mm. Um, the trailers have said survival, they have specified survival, but there's more of that than there is just poking around looking at pretty things, isn't there? Well, this is the whole thing about No Man's Sky is that I don't think that people had too long to think about it. This Mm. is the problem. They've had too long to 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 build their version of No Man's Sky, and uh, you know they have been hyped for it, really hyped. And the problem with hype is, you know, that word is a basically contraction of hypodermic, right? So I just adjust my wank hat, yeah? <laughs> like all fucking drugs where someone's going to have to, at, the, at some point you're going to go, no, nah, I can't do this anymore. And people are just burning out on, mm. on getting excited for a game, which is something that you don't really want. But they've, they, they've had too much time to think about what it could be with no yeah. real hard facts on what it will be. And Would it have been better then if they hadn't? If, if rather than Hello Games saying, you know, we're not really doing much in the way of previewing, which they didn't, there was something yeah. in March for journalists, uh, they didn't do any kind of early access whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Do you think it would have been easier for them coming out now if there had been some kind of early access preview um, or anything like that? Because, you know, they would have had, given, like you say, the length of time that people have been excited for it, to give that passionate community and a section of internet dickheads on mm. the other side, you know, something to actually get the grips with. Would that have been beneficial or... Sometimes that works. People would just rinse the problems, wouldn't they? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, I don't think that that would necessarily have been beneficial. But, yeah, the messaging... I think what's happened is this game has such a good premise to a lot of people, or certain people, mm. and then Sony obviously went big with it and they were on stage and everyone was like, wow, yeah, this is e- going to be amazing. E3 2014. Yeah, 14. Yeah. It's a great looking game, uh, like artistically. Mm. And you think, okay. And then all the people who wanted, you know, people who grew up with elite or love spacefaring and sci-fi and obviously yeah. the Venn diagram for video game fans and sci-fi fans. Is, well, it's uh, a very particular type of sci-fi as well, isn't it? Yeah. Because it's quite hard, I guess, but also... 
like that fantastical look. Like, yeah, you know, it's very, yeah. it's very late sixties, early seventies yeah. aesthetic, I suppose. You know? Yeah, it's uh, not necessarily Star Wars, more silent running, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, like I said, I, I can see myself playing it because I'm genuinely interested in it. I'm not excited for it in any way. I'm not going to run home and play it. I mean, I've seen a few games journalists on Twitter like, it's here. Like, mm. and there have been a few games where I've been like that, but I don't know. I've, it's what it's still even having played it an unknown quantity, and I do think it's going to feel like that for quite a long mm. time. Or conversely, it might just be like after ten minutes, like yeah, I got this. Yeah, I got this. Um, It'd be a shame if anyone has that ten minutes and I'm out experience. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd like to think it doesn't. Although the simple fact that the game doesn't immediately say here fly somewhere, yeah, and it actually makes you do some mundane shit. Yeah. Is maybe not the I don't know maybe not the best approach. You kind of want to have the wee fun thing, yeah, and then it all goes to well, shit. Well, the payoff will, will be that after doing your chores, you'll get yeah. to go out and play, right? Yeah, but I don't know. I will say that uh, I do like the studio. They posted an amazing picture today of uh, the BBC coming over, and the front office of Hello Games mm. just looks like a house. Yeah, yeah. and it had uh, what looked like to be like a tumble dryer in the window with the, <laughs> with the thing sticking out of the windows. And I was just like, you know what? Fair play. Yeah. I've worked and been to a lot of those very sterile corporate like EA's ones. Crazy. Big mm. E from above. <laughs> well, it's just, you know, it, it's, I, I guess now it's out or you know, it will be out by now. You, you kind of maybe appreciate more that it was just a tiny, tiny team. I know they kept saying it, but all the, all the shit that came their way, like, you know, why is this not out yet? Bloody blah, blah, blah. You know, there's, there was literally like, I think at most, like at any one point at most, maybe two dozen people. Yeah. This is a studio that made like five or six Joe Danger yeah. games. Well, that's all they've made before. And now. then... I mean, not, not the individuals, but as a studio. Yeah. I mean, Sean Murray made, he worked on the, I want to say one of the Burnout games, mm. if not more than that. He worked on Black as well. Oh, really? Kind of, Underrated, I dare say, PS2 shooter. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very well rated. But then I was playing Fear while right. Black was okay. out, so you know <laughs> it's one of those things. But I like I like the team, and uh, yeah, they seem to have been uh, as upfront as they could have been. Mm. Uh, I suppose it's one of those where they are an indie studio, but I wouldn't say that No Man's Sky is an indie game. No, not in any way, shape, or form. If your definition of AAA is just it's got loads of people working on it, then you fucked mm. it. That is a game with a marketing budget that would make a lot of indie games just weep. Even their kind of cardboard displays for shops are much nicer than normal cardboard displays the, for Their shops. press kit's lovely as well. Pr- let's, Which, the press kit is very nice. Hey, listen, I'm just saying, it's had some thought put into it. It's, the, you know. Yes, it's very pretty. Yeah. I, I nearly didn't open it oh, but, when I did. Yeah, I mean, obviously. You've got to, but it, it yeah. Um, the fact that it came sealed was quite something, and you're like, I don't know. Oh, do you, what are you thinking in years to come? No, Mike, thinking... I'm just that guy who likes things pristine. And like, it's, that, <laughs> it's one of those things that, like, you know, you, you do feel a bit like, like, you know, there's a lot of talk of entitlement or whatever and privilege in games and stuff. And all right, yeah, we know we, like we said earlier on, like, we get free games from time to time. Usually it's a code. Usually it's a few numbers you type yeah. into your place and whatever, and ping, there's a game, and that's that's great. It doesn't really cost anyone anything. So. Mm. So when a company does make that extra effort, I'm not talking about all the tat that comes with it. Fuck all of that. I don't need any of the fucking mm. nonsense promotional stuff. But all we've really got is a game mm. in a 
slightly nicer case yeah. than the retail version. And it's, it's just, it's a nice thing to have. Um, I like it. I'm a fan of those little steel books, you know, those metal ones. I like yeah. them as well. Yeah, I used to be, but then... No, as long not. as they fit in the uh, shelf. So that's the problem, isn't it? That's the, you get your nice shelf, and then there's one just where it's... All over the shop. All over the shop. I'm sh- yeah. Anyway, um, so no man's got. I'm going to go and play it um, tomorrow. Well, yesterday. By the time you hear this, probably <laughs> very strange. Very very strange. Um, and spend as much time as I can on it because uh, I'm, I'm 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 intrigued. But I I do fall into that. I'm still excited category. I think um, I've been kind of very purposely not watching very much. Um, not because of spoilers or whatever, because everything's going to be different, but just because I, I just kind of want to go into it without feeling like I, I, I know what's roughly expected. Yeah. I, just, I, I, I love the idea that, like, or I just love the fact that, you know, that this, that the company, this whole project hasn't been kind of like, and here's a press event, and here's a press event, and here's this, and here's that, and here's this reveal, that reveal, this reveal. It's all kind of been like nothing, 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 everything, mm. which must be terrifying for yeah. the studio. And, like... Sean said to me, like, you know, it's, this game has put them in some serious debt. You know, that they, they need to, mm. they will sell. Of course, they, they, they've, they're, they're going to sell lots of copies, but it's a big investment on their part. So I, yeah. I, I, I hope it pays off. I think it will. It's going to do, it's going to do crazy launch, I feel, mm. uh, for a game of, by a team of that size. Yeah. And then, then we'll get the backlash, obviously. And then I'm we'll, sure they already are, like... Oh, various op heads lined yeah. up at various other sites that we won't mention. No, hot I'm sure takes. I'll, I'm sure I'll get pitched. It's going to be Hot Take Tuesday, I'm uh, telling you. Hot Take Tuesday. I mean, I, it wasn't. It wasn't. I, I nearly went back into football. Um, <laughs> I want to go back into Nintendo, though. Uh, we don't talk about Nintendo very much because they don't do very much. Uh, there they is just changed the world, Mike. What are you talking Nintendo about? Did, yeah, they well, yeah, well, they, they didn't. Niantic did. <laughs> well, there was the Pokemon Go thing, yeah, um, which. I, I, is something that happened. Apparently, people like it. Yeah, uh, my kids like it, but you know, one is five and one is nearly three. Make of that what you will. Um, but yeah, what, one thing that I really enjoyed seeing it was during Develop Conference in Brighton, and I was going out for my lunch, and I saw people tweeting about Nintendo. I was like, why, why Nintendo now? And that they'd announced the NES Mini, this little kind of preload with thirty games. Mm-hmm. Little plug-in console, you know, we've seen these kind of things before. You get like, there's loads of Sega ones, right? They have like Altered Beast and Streets of Rage, yeah. and then 50 pieces of shit maze games or whatever. Yeah. Like, you might get Sonic 2 on it or whatever. <laughs> but this is Nintendo doing it themselves. It's got 30 proper NES games on it. And um, it went straight to the top of the sales charts, yeah. like ahead of No Man's Sky, ahead of Uncharted 4, ahead of a PlayStation or an Xbox, and ahead of the 3DS charger, which I was like, hey, why is that there? But 3DSs don't come with chargers. They sell... Loads of them. How, how did they get away with that? I, if anyone else did that... Someone needs to ask the question. Right? Yeah. But Imagine if your PS4 didn't come with a pad. Yeah. It's basically the same they'd thing. Be like, they'd be like, oh, but we thought you had another pad. Sorry. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> we thought you had one already. Um, but yeah, I, I wanted to pick your brains over it because, I mean, I don't know if you were a Nintendo or a Sega kid as a, as a youth or maybe you were lucky and had access to both. I was mostly Sega, certainly... At that time, we never had a NES in the house. We had a SNES in the end. Mm. Um, so for me, I sort of saw that. I was like, wow. Like, I mean, obviously, I've played Mario Brothers 3. I've played the original Zelda. Um, Bubble Bobble, I've played. All these games are on it. And then there's like stuff that I've never played, like the original Castlevania. Never played that. Played Super Metroid, but never the original mm. Metroid. So for yeah. me, I'm like, cool. This is like awesome gaming history. And it's like 
50 quid. Mm. I mean, is that something that gets you excited at all? Is that something you're going to be into? Or is it just like pointless nostalgia for boring dads like me? I don't know. I had a, uh, a NES and a... Uh, and then I had a Mega Drive and then a SNES much later on in it, towards the end of its, its life. I was really into Sega stuff. Uh, but, yeah, Nintendo, some of those games were great. I'm not sure they still are great. Uh, but, it, mm. I mean, it's nostalgia because otherwise it wouldn't come in a NES in a mini NES pack. Yeah, looking the way it like, It would just come on a fucking flash drive, right? Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> totally. You know, which is fine. Pointless nostalgia is, is absolutely fine in my book. Like, in anything, people buy retro uh, football shirts. Mm-hmm. You know, they buy Led Zeppelin, United States of America tour, uh, 1977 shirts. And uh, so I'm fine. As long as the hardware is good and the representations of those games are good, the Make Drive ones are really known to be quite poor they're patchy yeah Yeah. so I'm fine with it I think it, I, I'd take a SNES one that's what everyone's saying now everyone I've spoken to about is like you know where is the SNES with world on it with yeah. Link to the Past etc yeah. F-Zero oh my god that would that would sell so many yeah things, I think the NES is just the SNES is just close enough hmm. especially that console and the way it's a lot of the games look and some of the techniques they used or had, that's just close enough to be palatable to people who aren't also mad, rabid nostalgists. Yeah. Whereas the NES is, is just that jump too do you, far. Do you think, though, I mean, it's kind of, it's a little bit video games 101, isn't it? Whereby, like, the way I see it is, like, you know, if, 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 you've, if you like modern-day Mario games, you should at least have a look at Mario Brothers or Mario mm. Brothers 3, you know. If you're excited about the new Zelda, it's worth having a look at how Nintendo would just, here is your world, go out and explore with the first Zelda. You know, you yeah. forget that. That's one of the first games I can remember playing on, on my mate's NES when we were like nine or mm. ten, maybe a tiny bit younger than that, um, where it was just like, no one told you where to go. It wasn't just scrolling left to right. It was mm. like, do you want to go up, down, left or right? <laughs> it's like, shit, I don't know. I'm yeah. paralyzed by choice. Um, <laughs> I think there's a lot of stuff in those games that, you know, if you're a younger enthusiast of, of video games, you, you, you can play for a bit, maybe not all the way through, you don't need to do that, and, and, and get something out of and learn a little bit about mm. where all this came from, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I, I do think that there's no, that you don't have to, this will get me in trouble with the Nintendo Defence Force, you don't <laughs> have to play the original Super Mario Brothers if you've played Super Mario World. Yeah, in the same way true. that, you know, from a techno, from a this is what it used to be like thing, yeah. in the same way that you don't need to watch LA Takedown if you've seen Heat. You yeah. know, you can appreciate that it was the same general idea made at the time with the limitations mm. of its time. Now, I still think that those Super Mario Bros. games are, are really good. And, and there's a very clear design through line. So that's really cool. But I wouldn't be like, I know a lot of people sit their kids down and they're like, now we're going to play this. And it's like, Dad, get a grip. Like, it's, you know, just just whack on fucking Super Mario Brothers World. It's like, what's the problem here? So what you're basically saying by that logic is if you've seen The Force Awakens, you never need to watch A New Hope. Well, not really, because A New Hope's ten times better than uh, Force Awakens. Force Awakens is like a hyper-budget fan uh, fan film. Yeah, it is. (laughs) And I think that was absolutely the, uh, the intention to kind of 
soft reboot, basically, the whole thing. Damn them. I mean, tell, I you, tell you one thing about The Phantom Menace, right? Here we go, while we're, while we're on this subject. About Phantom Menace is, is Phantom one Menace. of the worst constructed movies I've ever seen. It is it incredible. It racing in it, right? But at least when I think of The Phantom Menace, I actually feel something. Usually disgust. Mm-hmm. Uh, or just... It elicits an emotion. Yeah, or just a mad kind of... Yeah, that... How? Liam Where, Neeson? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whereas when I think of The Force Awakens... I just think it of like like Tori Amos's version of Smells Like Teen Spirit or something. It's like <laughs> it's fine, it's nice, it, things happen in there. You're like, okay, that's a cool. Inter- and then like, but I could just go and watch Star Wars. That's yeah. got Harrison Ford in it, and he's not two hundred years old. Yeah, he's he's very old, is what we're saying. Um, cool. Um, I for the first time ever on a on a Vice Gaming podcast, I, I asked if anyone wanted to send in a question, and very very few people did. I'm just going to read out. Maybe just two of them. I think we should do No Man's Sky one that someone... I may as well do their Twitter handle just in case they care. But at FM Kappa asked that, well, will humanity, by which he means the PC master race, I suppose, be able to recover from a three-day setback in exploring No Man's Sky? Because it's coming out later on PC, right? Yeah. Is that PC people's own fault for not <laughs> having consoles or to, you know, thinking they're above that kind of thing? Uh, or will they ultimately have the best version of the game? And I said, yes, they will, undoubtedly. And this is the thing: once, when you're waiting for something, obviously it feels like an age, especially if you're younger. When I was like 13 or 14, when Resident Evil 2 was about to come out, I remember there was a very definite part where I considered what would happen if I died before Resident Evil 2 came out, <laughs> and this terrified me. Not that I'd be dead. But that I would not get to play Resident Evil 2. Now I'm like, okay, you know, video games. Like, so I think that, that for some people that's going to be like that feel like days, forever. Yeah. But then I'll, as soon as you play the first minute of it or whatever, you'll be, you'll you'll forget it all. So mm. I think we'll be fine. I agree with that. Um, on an indie dev point, at Christy Pride um, asked about kind of what people spend on shorter indie games. And she was like, is $20 too much for three to five hours? I'm, I certainly never put any value, like, you know, the value is not kind of like the length of time, but I guess what you get out of it. And I said this as someone who's now played through Ab- Abzu three times completely and then gone back into each chapter to get all of mm. the all of the trophies, yeah. right? So, <laughs> You're still doing uh, that. <laughs> no, I, do you know, I haven't done that for years and I was like, there aren't many trophies in it, to be fair. And I was like, I wanted to, f- but that was a game and, you know, it's probably about 90 minutes start to finish, much like Journey made by mm. some of the same, some of the same people who made Journey. Um, I didn't pay for it, but if I had pen- paid 15 quid for it, I've got everything I wanted and more out of that. Yeah. So I guess it's, I guess it's game dependent, is it? But, it is. I think there's a, there's a, in places there's an unreasonable expectation of what games should cost. Uh, I mean, if you're going to see Terminator Genesis and it's two hours long and it costs 12 quid or mm-hmm. whatever, then you can't really be complaining for something that lasts five hours and may actually be good, yeah. costing you $20. There are some games that I feel that there's a bit of a stigma on indie games and and their pricing because they don't have the production values yeah. and in video games it's different to obviously everything else because it's so inherently tied to technology so but one of the you know there have been game, indie games that I really like that sometimes aren't even I would say that good 
like Uncanny Valley is one of them, mm-hmm. which is really good. Check it out on Steam. I'll say no more. But yeah, I think as well when you when you look over the, the what you pay for a video game, it is all relative to everyone. Video game has got so many sharp Steam summer sales, discounts here, mm. storefronts all over the place. It's it is difficult as a consumer, I think. So I think, okay, so what am I actually getting? Here, at least with film, you know what you're getting. You're sitting down for a couple of hours, three at the most probably, and watching something. So I wouldn't say that $20 is too much for, for five hours of something that mm. could turn out to be quite good. Oh, you, you, you know, No Man's Sky is an example. Here's an indie game that's not retailing at 20 quid or whatever. Yeah. The Witness was the same. And didn't Jonathan Blow get, or didn't, didn't The Witness get shit because it was yeah. daring to be 30 or 40 quid? Yeah, uh, yeah. and again, there's a lot of stuff that's, we're not trying to generalize here, really, <clears throat> but a lot, if you think about a lot of video games, people that have time to play a lot of video games and really love video games, I'm not saying they all do, but some of them will, the most vocal ones mm-hmm. on message boards and on Twitter will probably be skewing younger. So their time is, and money, you know, maybe they don't have a lot of either, really. Mm-hmm. Probably the money thing. So I, it's just one of those. It's, it's hard to price games. It really is. Everyone's struggling with it because, you know, $60 sounds a lot, mm-hmm. but the value proposition could be much higher than certain other things. If know? I'd spent $60 on The Witcher 3, I'd be very happy with that. Exactly. If that was all, all in with the DLC and everything yeah. else, bloody hell. Um, I, mentioned the, I think I mentioned The Witcher 3 on every podcast. Um, I'm not in CD Project Red's pocket, I promise. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll do one more just because we're both games journalists, allegedly. Um, from someone called Bodacious Chase. Um, if anyone else tweeted in, I, I had a, another one here, but there were some other people as well. Sorry. Um, do, and it's about games criticism, so why not? Um, because Vice Gaming is ramping up, I thought it'd be a good thing to look at. Um, we've got people in America now. Woo! Um, so expect some podcasting and, and stuff from them in the near future. Uh, but does our profession, does games criticism, focus too much on the stories and stuff rather than how the games actually play? Um, I immediately thought of Doom with this because there's no story to Doom whatsoever like all the reviews of that all the coverage was just like this plays amazingly well mm. I thought it played amazingly well like the way it, in fact um, Mark Brown who does Games Makers Toolkit I think it's called yeah. or he did a whole a great video about how like that game flips the way you usually play shooters where I'm getting hit I'm going to cover mm. where when you're getting hit in Doom you have to go and kill something yeah. to get health back which I love. It's like, mm. it makes you play super aggressive. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think with, with game criticism, the game stories on the whole are dreadful. Uh, but I th- what's happened, I feel, is that there's been a bit of a focus on experiential stuff. So it's less about the actual stories of the game and more about the stories that were told or projected, mm-hmm. uh, told to the person or projected by the person. So there's been the, the rise of the kind of how Game X taught me why, yeah. which is fine. Some of those are actually very good indeed. And um, I think there's one by Gary Dutton that you ran about Street Fighter and did he do Street Fighter and mental health, I believe, which I thought was brilliant. Yeah. So there's been some good stuff in that area. But like any trends after a while, you're gonna have I feel to like you've seen them. Yeah. yeah, a lot of old games coverage, for example, in the, like Amiga Power, mm-hmm. where it was purely mechanics-focused systems. 
How does it, you know, now games have kind of broadened, so it's not literally just walking left to right, punching men in the face. And so there is a bit more talk about the story or the narrative and how that fits into the general aesthetic of the experience. What I will say is that sometimes there isn't enough focus on how the systems work together, which is why I think stuff like Game Maker's Toolkit appears to be so fresh. Mm-hmm. Because that is just assumed in a lot of reviews that you know how certain things work. Yeah. And I think with a lot of critics, they don't ever either A, explain why they like stuff, they just say that they like it because it's yeah. adject, you know, it's just superlative here. But they don't, sometimes they don't see themselves how it fits together. And uh, so, yeah, those video game development is so crazy difficult, not because I don't think of all the disparate parts and all the fucking maths, but it's the way those systems go together. And if one breaks, then everything breaks down. Mm. So I would say I'd like to see a bit more of the, of the kind of game maker's toolkit. But it's yeah. tough, like, because who are you reviewing the game to? It used to be in magazines. That you knew your audience pretty much. You knew mm-hmm. that if they were buying Super Play, you knew what they were after. Mean Machines, Official Sat Magazine, or whatever. So yeah, difficult. But I'd like to see a tiny bit more mechanics talk. A tiny bit. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you nailed a, a great point there. Anyway, for anyone who wants to do any kind of criticism, and I see it a lot, and I'm certainly guilty of it sometimes. Is where you'll just be like. This is great, this is great, this is great, this is great. All these things that are great about a particular piece of media or whatever, mm-hmm. but you don't necessarily pause to consider yeah. why. Um, and, you know, I do lecturing and this kind of stuff, and I should check myself more often than I mm. do. And I, I, it's, it's weird, I'll tell my students to do just that, but then I won't do it myself sometimes. Uh, because, you know, you know when deadlines are and when something has to be up, because we're yeah. all chasing that magical embargo and we have to be up. <laughs> bang, on the, bang on that time. Um, speaking of embargoes, um, the No Man's Sky embargo lifts at 4 a.m., so I'm going to go now and um, think about that. I'm not. I'm going to the pub. <laughs> <laughs> Don't lie. Don't uh, lie. I, yeah. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening. Thank you to Joel Golby for dropping in on our football <laughs> chat and then running away because he didn't want anything to do with No Man's Sky. He's actually very excited about No Man's Sky, I should add. Uh, I, if I get back out and find it, my copy's disappeared from my desk and I know where it's gone. Um, all right, uh, till next time. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.